and welcome to the Unveiled Podcast, where we discuss all things related to women to help us think Christianly in every area of life. I'm Sandy, and I'm here with Susie, and we both have a passion to bring biblical reform to womanhood. Susie's passion is theology, ministry to women, and biblical counseling, and I have a background in music and education. We're good friends, and we have served at our local church together for over 20 years. And this is part two of our Spiritually Strong series, and we're going to examine the topic of spiritual attack. And interestingly enough, this is our second recording because (laughs) we just recorded this podcast and it actually didn't record. So I don't know if that's a spiritual attack, but... We're going to record again, and yeah. here we go. Well, we get yeah, to explore trusting this God. again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Susie, we we live in Canada, and we don't tend to see a lot of crazy spiritual manifestations like we hear about um, in missionaries at, in other country. Um, what is spiritual attack, and is it happening to us and people that we know? Absolutely. I think we have to be aware of the fact that Satan is out seeking to attack and destroy what God has done and is doing. So he is at work. He is attacking us. Even if we don't hear about as many crazy things as we might hear in other countries, in more occulted occultic type countries. Mm-hmm. But what spiritual attack is, is essentially Satan working to destroy God's kingdom and God's people. And so, yeah, he is doing that. We read in Wayne uh, Grudem's book, uh, I thought it was a great description. It says, Satan's tactics are to lie, deceive, and murder. And uh, Wayne Grudem has given the references of Revelation twelve nine and also Psalm 106, verses 37 to 39. And he continues by saying, and every other kind of destructive activity to attempt to cause people to turn away from God and destroy themselves. So we see here that Satan is a god or a a demon of destruction. He wants to destroy anything that has life or anything that is pointing to God. Uh, John 10.10 also talks about how the thief came only to steal, kill, and destroy. And we all know, and as we are observant, living in a culture like ours, that we live in a culture of death. We see abortion, and there is so much of that going on. And although I don't have the statistics in front of me, I saw something that said that abortion was the number one killer last year in 2023. More than any other form of of death, abortion was number one. And that is so sad as we see how many infants, how many babies who are are alive from the moment of conception are being destroyed and killed. And Satan is the originator of that. He loves that. And then we also see maid, uh, which is medically assisted death, right? And so many people are being given that option if they have a terminally ill disease, or maybe if they have, are just struggling with um, mental health. And even seniors, Sandy, you just recently shared with me a graphic that was from a promotion from a, a church up north, I believe it was. And it was a seniors ministry. It was called Seniors Having Fun. And what this event was all about was bringing in a doctor who would tell and describe and give answers to the seniors about medically assisted death. And I thought, what a horrible way to let seniors know that they are not valuable. 
and that, in fact, hey, if, if life is kind of hard, maybe you're feeling kind of lonely or you have some regrets or maybe you're having aches and pains, just, you know, go ahead and kill yourself. Mm-hmm. We, we can give you the, you know, information that you need. How sad, mm-hmm. rather than respecting and honoring seniors as God calls us to this ministry, which is actually a church ministry, yeah. is just offering people made and in, in giving information on that. How sad. And of course, suicide is, um, is, is something that is commonly uh, seen in our culture, which is so sad and self-harm. In fact, I've heard of a young um, girls saying that if they watch TikTok videos, which I wouldn't suggest anyways, I don't think TikTok is uh, uh, a good source of information or encouragement at all. But the young girls that are watching this, uh, self-harm is being promoted as an option that makes you feel better when life is hard. And that's so destructive, so, so distorted, such an awful way to encourage young girls to cope with their, their challenges and their suffering. Oh, just go, you know, cut yourself and mm-hmm. that'll help relieve some of your pain. Sick. Yep. It's very sick. And of course, addictions and overdoses, those are rampant. We live in a culture of death and Satan loves that. And uh, Wayne Grudem continues uh, from that quote, he says, Demons will try every tactic to blind people to the gospel and keep them in bondage to things that hinder them from coming to God. They will also try to use temptation, doubt, guilt, fear, confusion, sickness, envy, pride, slander, or any other means possible to hinder a Christian's witness and usefulness. And so you can know that even as a Christian, Satan is trying to hinder you. And if he hasn't been able to stop you from becoming a Christian, he's going to try and stop you from being useful. So we have to be alert and ready for his schemes. We don't want to attribute too much power to him or be afraid of him, but we do need to know that he is he is scheming and he is trying to prevent you from being fruitful. He is the depth of all evil. He is gross. He is dark and everything sinful. And so we have to be aware of that. Let's not minimize him, but let's not give him too much power. But one of the things that I was thinking about recently is the fact that there seems to be a renewed interest in the occult, in tarot cards, in crystals, in palm reading. And it's almost like these are just like activities or recreation, a a fun night out to, to experience these kind of things. And we need to remember that this is evil, that these things are no joke. We have to be very careful of them. We should run from them. We should not in any way involve ourselves with these things. So let's just be on guard. Uh, At the same time, let's remember that God is ruler over all. He is providentially working and watching over his people. And let's also remember that Satan has no actual power unless God grants it to him. And we see this described in the book of Job when we uh, see... um, Job and God having a conversation. In verse 8 of chapter 1, it says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answers the Lord and says, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. 
And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And this is just a description of how God grants Satan some authority to put some pressure on Job to really test his faith. But Satan only has enough power, enough authority to do what God has allowed him to do. God will not allow Satan to actually touch his life. And and that's just encouraging to us to realize that, yeah, Satan is out there. He's trying to tempt us. He's trying to destroy us and hinder us. But he only has as much authority as God gives him. So that's mm-hmm. that's our hope as Christians. God point. is ruler over all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can we tri- attribute all of our problems to Satan? No, I think we need to be careful about that because uh, we we can easily fall into the trap of just saying, well, Satan maybe do it or, or it's spiritual attack. And as much as we don't want to minimize spiritual attack, uh, if we're using it to minimize our sin, then that's actually a problem. I, I think we want to continue to remember that there are four causes of suffering, and sometimes it's our own sin. Uh, if we are weak and vulnerable and living in sin, if we're giving into temptation, if um, if we are not being diligent to overcome our sin, then we will live in guilt and Many times there's consequences to our sin. And so let's not uh, try to blame anyone but ourselves for that and take ownership and make the necessary correctives and repent of our sin. And then secondly, we live in a fallen world. And that means that we live in a world where our physical bodies have been affected, where our the rest of creation has been affected, and nothing is perfect anymore. And that hinders us and that sometimes causes suffering and limitations. Uh, thirdly, um, because we live in a fallen world, we also live in a world where sin or other people will sin against us. And that causes us to suffer sometimes. It's not always a direct demonic attack against us. It's just sinful people sinning against us. And then fourthly, there is demonic attack. And um, and we want to be aware of that. Sometimes it can be very dark and very heavy and very out of the blue. And uh, he is at work. He is trying to destroy us. But not every suffering, if not every form of suffering uh, is because Satan is out there specifically trying to attack us. Um, so I just wanted to read another quote, actually, from Wayne Grudem's book. And and this is what he says. He says, Satan is thought of as the originator of lies, murder, deception, false teaching, and sin generally. Um, continues to say, it seems reasonable to conclude that the New Testament wants us to understand that there is some degree of demonic influence in nearly all wrongdoing in sin that occurs today. But not all sin is caused by Satan or demons, nor is the major influence or cause of sin demonic activity. But demonic activity is probably a factor in most all, almost all sin and almost all destructive activity that opposes the work of God in the world today. And so what he's trying to say here is that it's not necessarily a direct um, attack from Satan every time we experience suffering or even temptation but there's a factor in it because mm-hmm. Satan is the originator of all these evil things. Um, so yeah, that's, I hope that answers your question a bit. Mm-hmm. And actually I was, um, I was just listening to the uh, messages that we released over 
um, Christmas and New Year's. And um, you talk about this in Rise Up in Suffering. And I just encourage our listeners, if you are suffering or or want to explore this a little bit more, to go back and listen to that episode. It's um, uh, from teaching from our Rise Up conference just this past year. So, um, yeah, just for some more listening if you're if you're curious. Um, okay, so Susie, how can we recognize when we are being attacked? Right. Like we already said, not everything uh, is a spiritual attack. So we have to be careful not to call it all a spiritual attack. Uh, and in general, we we know that because Satan is evil, he is out there and um, trying to discourage us and hinder us. But we also have to be willing to take ownership of our own sin. As Christians, we don't have a right to say uh, the devil made me do it. Because 1 Corinthians 10, 13 actually says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And what an amazing promise this verse is that with every temptation, we actually have the ability to endure it, to escape it. God gives us the 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 method the the way to escape that temptation and when we choose to ignore that that's actually our own fault and we have to take ownership of that at the same time uh satan does use our own weaknesses and our vulnerabilities and seeks to destroy us that way Uh, i don't think he can enter into our minds and see exactly what we're thinking but he, he knows how to follow our, our patterns. He knows how we've sinned in the past. He knows our weaknesses by watching us. And so he, he is able to tempt us using our own own vulnerabilities. Uh, and he is, is definitely going to, you know, um, maximize whatever he can mm-hmm. and thinking that maybe he can actually destroy us. And that's why First Peter 5, 8 tells us that we need to be sober-minded. We need to be watchful. It says your adversary, he's an enemy, right? He, he is not for us. He is, a, uh, he is against us. Mm-hmm. It says your adversary, the, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Like he wants to destroy us. Mm-hmm. And so it says, then resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So let's remember, we're not alone in our, our suffering. We're not alone uh, in the fact that Satan is trying to destroy us and and devour us. Um, but we do need to be watchful. It says be sober-minded. That means we need to be clear-minded. We need to be alert. We need to be able to be thoughtful people. And the reality is there are times when Satan will specifically attack us. And sometimes that can feel very dark. It can come out of the blue. Um, it can feel like a, a heaviness or a, or a, a darkness, a, a coldness. And I know I've woken up at night and it, and there's just this fright that has overcome me. Or uh, I know when I'm about to do a big ministry event or go on a ministry trip, there's been some really evil times that I've just really felt like this is beyond just the normal temptations Mm -hmm. that I have. There's something really intense going on here. Or even uh, when I speak out against abortion, because Satan is the author of originator of murder and in death. 
Um, he does not want us to speak against abortion because he wants abortion to be promoted. Uh, I've just seen relationships suddenly get turned upside down and it's like, what in the world happened here? I thought we were working together and all of a sudden it just turns. Hmm. Um, I've also had experiences at the jail. Uh, some of you will know that I, um, in part of a jail ministry, our, our church, our women go into our local jail every Friday afternoon, and it can be intense. I know there's been times when I feel like I'm being pushed out, not that there's anything physical, you know, shoving me out the door, but everything possible is coming against us to st- stop mm-hmm. us and keep us from being able to minister that day. I know there was one of our volunteers that a couple times when she first started going in, she felt like she was being choked. She could barely breathe. And at the one time I had to go over to her and just lay my hands on her and start praying for her. And this might sound strange because this is not something that we regularly experience. And, and it might sound like Susie, like, are you off, you know, are you going kind of crazy? Um, but no, like these, these were really strange things that were mm-hmm. happening and I do believe those were spiritual attacks there's been other times where I've uh I've seen the spirit of God moving and I haven't literally physically seen him but in jail when you're ministering to women and you're seeing them lean in and maybe uh just understanding new truths and having those aha moments or maybe even tears coming down their eyes you just sense the spirit of God in a, in a way that you don't necessarily sense in other ways because you know that this is not the place that you would typically expect God's spirit to be at because mm-hmm. you know these are, are criminals and they're they're depressed and um, have lived and done some very evil things. And so when you see that happening, you, you feel like you're seeing the spirit of God literally at work. Mm. And then just like that, I've seen Satan come in, snuff it out. And once again, I don't see a literal physical Satan, but because it's so clear that they were being impacted and then it's gone, mm. you, you feel like you've just seen Satan come and snuff it out. And I know the one time I think we were talking about the gospel and I believe the one girl started talking about tarot cards and just like that, mm. as much as they were leaning in and you thought they were about to receive it and accept it, it was snuffed out the moment she started talking about that. Um, and I remember another time when I I just felt so dirty after being at the jail. And it was uh, a particular situation where there was a girl that was just, uh, she had been heavily involved in drugs, but she was trying to talk about all these spiritual experiences that she's had. And there's just something really, you just felt like there was demons falling off of her. And um, as much as we, you know, in the moment we love on her and we we speak truth to her and we Mm -hmm. listen to her, it it just feels so dirty, spiritually Mm -hmm. dirty. Uh, She's not dirty, but you feel there's demons that are so dirty Mm -hmm. all around her. I had to go home and have a shower. Not that... uh, uh, a water shower, a shower of with water would cleanse me from that, but it just felt so mm. dirty, and and I believe those were like really dirty spiritual attacks where Satan was definitely at work, and you know I could be off on that. I you know it could just be living in a sinful world, but those were times when I would say I, I just really felt like Satan or his demons were working extra hard mm-hmm. to hinder what God was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It means that you're doing something for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm just remembering just this past year, one of our sons started officially serving in the church. And that Sunday, he served in kids' ministry and came home and had a huge emotional hmm. breakdown and didn't know why. And we didn't know why. And then I think suddenly we're like, wait a second, you're actually serving God. This is like your first ministry. Mm. We can expect this. Um, yeah. So what what can we do when we recognize that we're under spiritual attack? Well, I'm so thankful for God's Word because God's Word tells us, right, in, in James 4, verses 7 to 8, it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Isn't it amazing that as Christians, we have the authority to resist him, and he will flee from us? Mm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then we don't just stop there. Verse 8 tells us then to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And so it starts by submitting to God, recognizing him as supreme ruler over our lives and those who submit also have to obey right we can't just say we submit to god yep. we have to be obedient and uh resisting and drawing near um uh how do we resist we resist by resisting temptation we resist him by resisting lies and we overcome those lies with the truth and god has given us his truth in his word so we have to be diligent and alert to that um we also purify your hearts. That's what it tells us. And that to purify our hearts, we that means we li live in repentance. We turn away from evil. So we don't just say, I'm sorry, or I, we don't just say, please forgive me. We actually have to be actively turning away from that evil and turning away from that sin and that temptation. Really, the best attack against Satan is to stop sinning. And so here I just want to take us to 1 John 3, verse 8. So just give me a moment here. I just want to actually look that up because I think it's it's powerful for us to actually read these verses. And 1 John 3, verse 8 says, says this, um, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. In verse 9 says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. And those are some powerful and very convicting verses, but verses that remind us that... Um, if we just keep on sinning, we are actually, what does it exactly say here? It says um, that whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Wow. Right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, we will continue to sin while we live in this world, but let's not make a practice of it. Let's be quick to repent and turn away from that. First mm -hmm. um, John 5 verse 18 also says, um, something similar in this, this is what it says. And we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. And so once again, it's the call. We cannot continue living in sin. Um, if we want to be protected, if we really want to call ourselves Christians, no, we have to turn from that. And, and that's our encouragement too, right? If, if we turn from our sin, if we stop sinning, then we're protected. It's so, so wonderful, right? It says, he who is born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him, mm -hmm. right? Satan can't touch us. He can't harm us. He can't destroy us. 
if we are living in obedience. And so that should just really encourage us and give us motivation. And then if we read in uh, Ephesians 4, it talks about how sin actually gives Satan a foothold. So let's also turn to that. Ephesians 4, 26 um, and 27 says this, um, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Um, and let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, does not honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with everyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up and fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Mm-hmm. You see, when we live in sin, we're actually grieving the Holy Spirit. We're we're giving the devil an opportunity to tempt us and to attack us. So the best at the best uh, way to overcome spiritual attack or to pr- protect ourselves from spiritual attack is to actually live in obedience and and to actually, as soon as we are aware of our sin, to repent of that. And then, of course, uh, in Ephesians 6, we also see that we are to be prayerful and to put on the full armor of God. The armor is also, uh, it protects us. And I'm just going to read the passage here because God's word is just so powerful. Mm-hmm. It says uh, in verse 10 following, finally be strong in the Lord, right? So we we can be strong. We don't have to be weak. And, and this specific topic is we want to be, or this series is about being spiritually mm-hmm. strong. Uh, we can be strong. We don't have to live in perpetual weakness, but there's certain things that we have to do. It says, and in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So once again, the armor helps protect us against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, not just part of it, but whole that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Isn't that encouraging? Mm-hmm. We have the ability to withstand and to to um, fight against the devil. Stand firm, therefore, having put on the belt of truth. So once again, speak truth, live truth, know truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, once again, live righteously, live obediently. And as shoes fit for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, so be peacemakers, pursue peace with people, pursue peace with God, live at peace, not anxiety and fear. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. So our faith protects us, right? What, what we have believed with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation. So remembering that we are saved, saved by Jesus Christ and his work on the cross on our behalf and the sword of the spirit, recognizing that the spirit is there fighting with us and the word of God, right? The word of God is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's speak it in times mm-hmm. of need and let's know it and let's speak truth and not minimize it or not leave out certain parts of it, but the full word of God. And then verse 18, praying out at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So much goodness there, right? On how to actually um, respond when we are feeling attacked. And so let's just remember that as Christians, we are 
on the winning side. We are victorious in Christ. Satan is not um, uh, the winner. And we need to remember that Satan is the loser. We are not the losers. So there's a couple of things that we can know about Satan that I think will be helpful. First of all, just remembering that he was the first sinner and that he is has been sinning since the beginning um, of his existence. And we see evidence of that in First John and also in Genesis, First John 3, 11, but also in Genesis 3, he is the one that comes to tempt Eve. And it's interesting that he comes to tempt Eve, who is um, the mother of all living. Satan hates all life, and he mm-hmm. is seeking to destroy it. So it's interesting that he comes to her first. Mm-hmm. And I love how Wayne Grudem, once again, he describes him. He says that the devil's characteristic has been to originate sin and to tempt others to sin. That's part of who he is. That's his character. So just know that about him. And once again, John 8, 44 says that he is the murderer and a liar from the beginning. So know who he is. He's out there to destroy. He is out there to, to murder and to be destructive. But at the same time, in Colossians 2, 15, we read that Satan has been disarmed of power. And through the cross of Jesus Christ, Satan has been disarmed. So we don't have to live in fear of him. And Revelation 12, 12 reminds us that his time is short. And in Romans 16, 20, we are taught that Satan has been crushed by Jesus. And in um, John 16, verse 11, we see that Satan has already been judged. And in Colossians 1, 13, and also Acts 16, 26, 18, we see that Satan has no final authority over Christians. And um, in First John 4, 4, we see that the spirit that is living in us is greater than this, mm. than Satan. Mm-hmm. And First John 3, 8 also talks about how his works have been destroyed by Jesus. And so, yes, he is a deceiver. He is, he is out to kill and to destroy, but we can be overcomers. He has no true ultimate authority over us. We have the power to overcome as we put on the armor of God, as we speak truth, as we pray, as we lean in, as we resist him and draw near to God. So let's make this a year where we really do draw near to God. Our strength comes from him and our victory comes from him. We can be overcomers and let's keep that in mind rather than living in defeat or discouragement and discontentment, feeling weak and alone. Let's remember that Christ is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. He has already won the victory and that is our hope and that is our strength. Mm, Amen. These are wonderful truths that we can be encouraged by when we feel spiritually weak or that we're under attack. And like you said, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world, 1 John 4, 4. So thanks for sharing those stories, Susie. And we can pray for spiritual strength to be able to recognize attacks from the enemy and to ask God to help us to be strong in him and in the strength of his might. So we want to thank you for listening today. And we hope that this has given you more insight and some practical application for your daily life. Please like and share if these podcasts have been beneficial to you in some way. And join us again as we seek to rebuild biblical womanhood from the foundation up. Mm-hmm.